Hello. Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is The Twins Don't Want Green Beans. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. The name of last week's hymn from the story Penelope is Not a Princess was My Faith Looks Up to Thee, but we didn't have a winner. Also, we will be taking a 4th of July break, so we'll be back on July 11th with a new story. So you can take the time to go back and listen to some of our older episodes, like The Peters' Wildlife Rescue or Penelope is Jealous. Those are just a couple of the older episodes that maybe you haven't heard or maybe you'd like to hear again. Now, let's get to this week's story. The Twins Don't Want Green Beans. Brown little bear walked with his chin held high. No more sadness, no more reasons to cry. As he made his way through the underbrush, he wiped off his face and skipped in a rush. His fur in the breeze, his nose sniffed the air, and looking to the sky, began to stare. Not too long till he forgot all about the cut on his finger, the bruise on his snout. On his way home to where his mama sat, watching brown little bear in his red silk hat. For supper, some yummy on the table. What a dreamy dream, something from a fable. The end, Penelope said emphatically as she closed the book. More Nellie, more peas, Patience pleaded with her older sister, trying to get another book read to her. Patience. We have read four books, Penelope responded. Peas, Nellie! It was Priscilla's turn to try to convince Penelope. She held out brown little bear to Penelope again. All right, one more time, but only because brown little bear is my favorite. I feel so sad when he hits his nose on the branch and at the same time gets the thorn stuck in his finger. That would have really hurt. And what a hard day he was having. But this has got to be the last book. Okay, ladies? Penelope gently warned the girls, hoping to stem any complaints at the end of the reading. And when finally she had finished the story and put the book away, she tried to keep the twins happy and distracted. What about we play Little Miss Molly before dinner, girls? And we can listen to some music from our favorite CD, Hymns for the Family of God. In unison, the twins responded, Okay! Penelope was successful in her distraction. She put on the CD and with the old hymn, He Leadeth Me, playing in the background, Penelope retrieved Little Miss Molly and all her gear, and she and the twins became absorbed in the game of Little Miss Molly. Penelope had been charged with watching the twins while Mama Peters cooked dinner. What began as an effort to distract the girls and keep them from being upset turned out to be quite fun. Penelope was pretending that Little Miss Molly was a schoolteacher, so she placed Little Miss Molly at the front of the classroom. There were three small pink desks, and a small discarded jewelry box that had once held a ring, served as a fourth desk. Patience and Priscilla had chosen little people out of the shoebox in which the girls kept their mini dolls, and they sat and listened intently to Little Miss Molly as the teacher. They all sat and played joyfully together until Mama Peters called upstairs to come down for dinner. Okay, ladies, we need to pick up the room before we go down to eat, Penelope said patiently as she placed the toys in their proper places. Priscilla and Patience imitated Penelope, putting the toys in their various spots in the room. When at last the cleanup was finished, they all walked hand in hand downstairs. What were you ladies doing upstairs? Mama Peters asked as the girls entered the kitchen. We were playing school after I read some stories to them, Penelope explained. Did they have any tantrums? Mama Peters asked somewhat cautiously, 
She knew full well the stage of the twins. They acted like two-year-olds with frequent meltdowns, followed by frequent reminders, discipline sessions, and admonitions. Sometimes, Mama Peters grew tired of the daily rigmarole, wondering how long it would take for them to learn to always obey the first time. Two-year-olds could really try one's patience. But every time that Mama Peters grew faint-hearted, she remembered the words of Galatians 6-9, Do not grow weary of doing good, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. She would also remind herself that it was good and right to continue in discipline, not ever being willing to throw in the towel or change course, because God commands moms to discipline their children for their good and His glory. So, Mama Peter stayed the course. It also helped that she'd already been through the same struggles with Penelope and Pearson several years beforehand, and she had seen the faithful hand of the Lord in their lives. So she continued to dig in and faithfully discipline the girls, trusting that the Lord would bring about the harvest. Yet still, she winced a little bit, dreading the answer to her question, did they have any tantrums? She didn't always want to hear about their trouble, because sometimes it was just easier to ignore it. But she knew she must face the music, as it was her duty to biblically train up a child in the way they should go. Penelope responded to Mama Peters' question in her usual rapid-fire delivery. No, Mama Peters, they, they didn't have tantrums. But they might have if I hadn't read Brown Little Bear to them after they begged me to read it again. And then I tried to distract them with, with little Miss Molly. Mama Peters let out a loud sigh. <sighs> oh, boy. Nellie, I love that you're so sweet. But remember, we've talked about this before. It isn't your job to coddle them and to patronize them. Remember, you must immediately come to me with those kinds of issues. They're so fun and sweet, but they're also at the age when their sin natures seem like they're on the greatest display. And we know that Daddy Peters and I must be faithful to discipline and see this season through. They will learn through their training. Okay, Mama Peters, yes, I do remember you talking to me about not trying to distract them and, and not trying to, not giving them their own way. But they're getting better. When you called upstairs and they told, and I told them we needed to clean up the mess, they immediately started to help, they started to help me. Normally, they would just whine if they, if they couldn't keep playing. Well, praise God for baby steps, Pen. Who's making baby steps? Daddy Peters was in his usual jovial mood as he walked into the kitchen, briefcase in hand. Well, hello, Daddy Peters. I was wondering where you were. You were at work really late today, Mama Peters greeted Daddy Peters with a kiss. I was, Mama Peters. It was a very strange day. You know how I told you we're draining some of the fields to put in pipelines? Well, today it was my job to go out and see if there are any of the endangered fish in the shallow ponds and bring in some animal rescue people in case I found any. So I put on a pair of waders, and at first I didn't see anything. I didn't expect to see anything at all. But it sure was nice to be outside, and I found myself wishing I had my fishing pole with me. Anyway, after a minute or two, the tall grass of the shallow pond began to blow, and I realized it wasn't from the wind. There were very large fish swimming between the reeds in the pond. I could not believe my eyes. I literally reached my hand down and plucked one of them out of the water. It had to weigh a good 12 pounds. Wow! Do you have photos? Or are you telling me a fish story, Daddy Peters? Mama Peters teased, amazed by the story. I do. I printed one up at work. Here. Daddy Peters held out the picture proudly, which did depict him with a giant fish in his hand, standing in the shallow water. Whoa! 
That's gigantic. Is that the endangered species, Mama Peters wanted to know? Actually, it isn't. This is nothing but carp. There were tons of carp swimming around. It was so interesting. Daddy Peters, you should have brought home one for supper. That would have been delicious. Oh, honey, carp would taste like poop. They're like the trash compactors of the fish world. They are? Shows what I know. Mama Peters was chagrined. Mama Peters, you know plenty. And by the smell of it, you know a whole lot about making a fine dinner. Daddy Peters hugged Mama Peters affectionately. Hey, Daddy Peters. Pearson appeared in the kitchen from the other room. Hey, where have you been, bud? Daddy Peters asked. I was finishing my math. It was super hard today. Math? I thought this was summer, Daddy Peters teased. Oh, that's right. Mama Peters wants to stay up on math this summer. Yep, that's right, Daddy Peters. I got super frustrated because it was super hard. So Mama Peters told me to take a break. Oh, really, Piers? Were you angry? Well, probably. It's this new math thing that I really didn't understand. They're called honeycomb puzzles, and I just didn't get it. So I kept having to redo them. I understand the frustration that might come with not understanding something. But sometimes what we refer to as frustration is really anger. Well, that was me this afternoon, Daddy Peters. I complained and even said, I don't like these dumb honeycomb puzzles. Mama Peters wasn't too happy with my attitude, so we had a chat. I prayed and told the Lord I was sorry. Then Mama Peters told me it would be a good idea to take a break and reset my mind. I just wanted to get it done, though. But she said I had to take a break. Whoa! Who is she? Mama Peters had taught Pearson and Penelope to not refer to her as a pronoun. I mean, <laughs> sorry, Mama Peters. Pearson laughed, knowing Mama Peters was being lighthearted. Thank you. I believe I earned my title after many long hours of labor. Mama Peters chuckled <laughs> at the line she had at the ready, having used it quite often. Anyway, Mama Peters was right, Pearson continued. I took a long break and I redid it. And actually, turns out that honeycomb puzzles are pretty rockin'. Well, isn't the Lord kind? Daddy Peters asked rhetorically. Okay, time to eat, Mama Peters announced as everyone took their places at the table. Mama Peters had filled each plate with a heaping pile of mashed potatoes and her country bacon grease gravy, along with some chopped up tri-tip that she had grilled and some fresh green beans with butter sauce. Wow! Tri-tip! What's the occasion? Daddy Peters asked, staring delightedly at his plate. It was on sale today. It was marked down because it had an expiration date of tomorrow, so their loss. And you know how much I love the barbecue you bought for me, Daddy Peters. So I just threw the tri-tip on and let it do its work. Oh, but, but we're not taking a chance at potential food poisoning, Daddy Peters joked. Food poisoning? Penelope yelled eyes wide. Why would we get poisoned, Daddy Peters? What's going on here? Daddy Peters is joking, Nellie. He's acting like that because the meat is so close to its expiration date that it's already gone bad already. Maybe that joke wasn't so funny with little ears around. Mama Peters looked over at Daddy Peters affectionately and rolled her eyes playfully. Daddy Peters prayed over the meal and the family began chowing down. The girls had recently moved from their high chairs to booster seats at the main table, and as they ate, they chomped on their food and guzzled down their water. 
Though the twins had only been a few feet away from the table before, in their high chairs, being at the table was a very special change for the family. Penelope, in particular, enjoyed handing them their little bites of their meal and watching their chubby hands work through the food. As they continued the meal that evening, it became very obvious as to what part of the dinner Patience and Priscilla disliked. They had polished off the tri-tip and mashed potatoes in a hurry, but it was all too clear that they had no intention of eating their green beans, which remained untouched on their plates. Girls, please eat your beans. Mama Peters pointed out the beans to the twins. They scrunched their noses and almost immediately began to whine. Girls, you need to do everything without grumbling or disputing. Daddy Peters was quoting from Philippians, hoping that the word would do its work in their hearts. But at that moment, it did not bring the intended effect. I I, I don't want to eat these, Priscilla said in her toddler garble. I, I don't want to either. Patience pushed her plate away from her. That action made crystal clear what she had been saying, even if it was hard to understand. Well, ladies, this isn't an option, and now I need to discipline you. Mama Peters was doing her level best to make peace with her own meal being disrupted and deliberately placing her fork next to her plate, knowing she would return to a cold meal. Ugh, I just wish they would obey, the voice in Mama Peters' head said. But on the heels of that, she quickly reminded herself, if you tell them to do everything without grumbling and disputing, then you must be willing to do the same. This is your job. Mama Peter silently prayed that the Lord would allow her to discipline in grace, and she walked over and picked up patience. Daddy Peters, ever willing to help, followed behind her with Priscilla. As they spent their time upstairs, Pearson and Penelope sat at the table, continuing to eat their meal. I don't really prefer green beans either, Penelope acknowledged to Pearson. Yeah, me either. I, I just... I just wish the girls didn't have to be disciplined like this. It's such a bummer, Pearson responded. When Daddy and Mama Peters and Priscilla and Patience reappeared, it looked as though everything had settled down. Mama Peters, why can't they just not eat their green beans? I mean, I don't love them either. And and is it so bad for them to choose? And aren't we allowed to politely say, no, thank you? Penelope asked sweetly, meaning no disrespect. I understand what you're asking, Pen. But choices are a privilege. I know it's hard to see the twins disciplined, but we're training them up as the Lord has told us to do. Babies and toddlers are not allowed to make choices because choices must be informed by learning. You brush your teeth, not because it's fun, but rather, through training and teaching, you have learned the value of brushing your teeth. We are training all of you. When you were a toddler, I didn't ask you if you wanted to brush your teeth because you probably wouldn't have wanted to, but I knew it was good for you. So it wasn't a suggestion. It was a directive. If I let you choose your clothes when you were young, you would have chosen to walk out the door in a cape and a tiara every day. You loved princesses that much because you didn't understand context and the proper way of dressing. I didn't allow you a choice in the matter. Most people left to their own devices, would choose ice cream over asparagus. But through instruction and learning, we grow to understand that we must develop a taste for the things that are not just good, 
but for the things that are good for us. Our job as parents is to enforce this training. Green beans are not really my favorite either, Pen, but they're packed with vitamins and nutrients that we need. Plus, learning to submit to our home structure and our direction is what God has commanded. And we've said this verse a million times if we've said it once. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Ephesians 6 1 is a verse you practically know from infancy. One of the verses that ironically mentions food is Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to discern good from evil. Remember, these girls don't have their senses trained. They are in training. Some tastes must be cultivated. We trust that by directing them to eat what they don't prefer, to clean up after themselves when they would rather keep it a mess, to bathe when they want to be dirty, to sleep when they want to be awake, that they will learn to have their senses trained. And like me, and you, and Pearson, and Daddy Peters, they won't have a problem choosing to eat their green beans. Knowing that green beans, especially fresh ones from the garden like these are, are good for them. Oh, okay, Mama Peters. Yeah, that does make sense. I, I was just thinking about how people have preferences. And, and isn't, okay, isn't it okay not to like them? Of course, Nellie, we can have preferences, but we must place our preferences below our obligations. We are obligated first to obey. I get that, Mama Peters. Well, I can at least help the girls eat. Penelope picked up a green bean and popped it into Patience's mouth, who gagged a little, but chewed obediently and swallowed. Daddy Peters did the same with Priscilla, and one by one the girls finished off their green beans because one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. As it states in Luke 16.10, it would have been much easier to let the twins do as they wanted. But by being faithful to see even the small things through, Daddy and Mama Peters were taking seriously their biblical command to raise up their children in all things. As it says in Deuteronomy 6.7 and again in Deuteronomy 11.19, to talk about the commands of the Lord when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up and even when you eat dinner. This is Grandmom's Corner. This week's story reminds me of when the author, who's my daughter, had trouble eating her vegetables as a young kid. Have you ever dropped any of your vegetables or something else that you found distasteful on your dinner plate? On the floor, little by little, very surreptitiously, so as not to alert your parents, and you hoped that the dog or cat would eat it? Well, my daughter didn't do that, but she did get rid of her veggies in a way that was just as sneaky and just as disobedient. Growing up, some of my kids didn't like vegetables, but they were expected to eat them anyway. They didn't have to eat platefuls, but they did have to eat some. Well, this daughter didn't like vegetables at all, and one dinner, she tried to get out of eating them. For some reason, and I believe this is where God gave me wisdom, I noticed a wadded up white napkin on the windowsill behind my daughter's place at the table. Knowing how much she disliked vegetables, I was in wonder that the place for her veggies on her plate was sparkling clean, as though they had been eaten. I was pleased as punch. But then, 
it occurred to me that I hadn't seen her eating her vegetables. So I asked her about whether or not she had eaten them. After some back and forth, she finally admitted that the wadded up napkin sitting on the windowsill behind her head held the vegetables that she detested. As I tell this story, I'm wincing a little bit because it was most unpleasant at the time. Even now, I feel sad that discipline had to be meted out because my daughter was an easy kid to raise and she's a treasure to our family. I didn't want to have to discipline my girl, but I also wanted to be faithful to God's word in training my kids, as Ephesians 6.4 says, to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that means, according to a commentary I read, instructing them in the knowledge of divine things and setting good examples to making sure they're not running with bad company, to pray with them and for them and bringing them to God's house. If we do those things as parents, there is certainly no guarantee that our kids will love and know Jesus. God is the only one who changes hearts and it is to Him we must go. But we must persist in doing what is right and good. Today, though my daughter isn't crazy about cooked carrots, in general, She loves vegetables, and she sees to it that her kids are exposed to lots of different tastes of lots of different vegetables. And we've looked back at the time that she hid her vegetables in a wadded up paper napkin, and we've had lots of laughs about it through the years. The Lord willing, we'll be back on July 11th with a brand new story. Bye for now.